Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 39 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TNT. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 95 of Rust Subtopia continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night, AEW Dynamite went down live from the Chartway Arena in Norfolk, Virginia, and this was a great way to cap off a very busy week for AEW, which kicked off with full gear going down live from the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And what a show it was from top to bottom. As I predicted, this would be the best AEW pay-per-view from a pure in-ring standpoint. It will never capture the original magic of the first Double or Nothing or the specialness and the unforgettable night that was all out a couple of months ago in Chicago. But from bell to bell, this was an outstanding professional wrestling show between the ropes, which kicked off with MJF versus Darby Allin in an outstanding 22-minute match that set the tone for the evening, which culminated with Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page for the AEW World Championship, and that lived up to every conceivable expectation to end the night with Hangman Page finally winning the big one, the AEW World Championship after two long, hard years. And now we have National Cowboy Shit Day yesterday to celebrate this wonderful occasion of Hangman finally being the champ, the man, the king of AEW. And the show was fun from Norfolk, Virginia. The second time the city has had a wrestling show in five days as SmackDown was in the same city in a different building at the Scope Arena but they were equally entertaining in different ways in terms of crowd reactions, in terms of heat, in terms of excitement, and outside of full gear, I have needed that wrestling fix to get me through a very long week that began with Monday Night Raw, which was a snooze fest to get through. NXT wasn't much better, but finally, a ray of sunshine came via dynamite in front of a hot crowd that gave a shit, and it was a show that delivered from beginning to end, and that's all you can ask for as a wrestling fan. So thank you, Norfolk, this week for coming through because you definitely gave me a reason to be amped up and energized, but I got to give AEW credit as well. They had a great full gear weekend, and now they're planting seeds for 2022 already, and I cannot wait. The things they have in store for us, I'm hyped. I'm excited and I cannot wait to get into this show right now, which kicked off with the elite backstage with Kenny Omega admitting defeat that he lost to Hangman Page. It was a bad night for the elite as a whole because the Young Bucks and Adam Cole Bay Bay lost to the Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus and Christian Cage in that crazy Falls Kind of Anywhere six-man tag team match this past weekend at Full Gear and Kenny admits defeat and he's got to go away for a while because he's got to heal up. And this man has been the best bout machine for two plus years, working with a bad shoulder, a bad back and vertigo. This dude deserves all the time off in the world to heal up and be better than ever upon his return. Kenny Omega carried this company on his back during a pandemic alongside John Moxley, and he delivered match after match, classic after classic for our entertainment. And Kenny was cupping. You could see the marks on his shoulders and back for the last year or so on and off. And it's long overdue for him to step away, heal up and come back stronger and better than ever. And apparently he'll be coming back to a juicy storyline as he told the crew to hold it down in his absence. And Adam Cole piped in immediately and says, no problem cleaner. I got this. And Adam Cole got his face tight immediately when Kenny Omega said, I wasn't talking to you, I was talking to the Bucks. And that was tense. That was shady. And I loved it because when Kenny comes back, what will the elite look like 
because it's going to be looking very interesting with certain people, possibly from NXT coming into AEW to reform something that cannot be called the Undisputed Era and the Bucks and Adam Cole fighting for leadership power within the elite. And on top of that, we have this tag team match from Halloween when it was the elite versus the Dark Order. And eagle-eyed viewers noticed that Kenny Omega would not tag in Adam Cole throughout the match. So that's a built-in storyline for early next year whenever Kenny is back at 100%. And I cannot wait. I really can't. And this is the epitome of planting seeds for the future. You pour some water on that dirt, let the sunshine come through and watch this plant grow and grow and grow into a beautiful bouquet of holy shit. This is awesome. Just in time for spring when everything comes in bloom and so does all plans and betrayals along the way. And with that, let's kick things off with the cowboy shit celebration of the brand new AEW world champion Hangman Page as Johnny Hungy John Silver introduces his dude Hangman comes out to a great reception and he notes, oh no, don't chant, you deserved it. I effing earned it. And the fans changed their chant to you earned it and he got a good laugh out of that. And Paige notes I waited a long time to become AEW World Champion. It was a long journey, but it was worth it. But winning this championship comes with great challenges and responsibility. And I already got my first challenge in the form of Brian Danielson. And sure enough, the American Dragon comes out to congratulate Adam Page on winning the AEW World Championship, but he's a little disappointed and surprised that he's not facing Kenny Omega for that championship instead. And the fans kind of boo at that. And Page responds by saying that at least I beat Kenny Omega in less than 30 minutes to win this championship. And you can't say the same, can you? And Brian Danielson says, you know what, you're right, but let's think about this notion of cowboy shit for a moment because it's all about you flapping your gums and not being a fighting champion, a man of action. Because when I won the world championship at WrestleMania, he said the words and he got booed. He says, when I won my championship match at WrestleMania, I worked the next night because that's what fighting champions do. And Hangman Page is like, well, if you want to do it tonight, let's do it tonight for the championship. And Danielson's like, well, look at you. You got your really ugly leather cowboy jacket on, those dusty cowboy boots. You're not ready for me tonight. And the one thing I don't want is excuses from you. Because I heard your story ever since I debuted in AEW about how the Hangman always fails when it counts most that he can't handle the pressure, that he has an excuse for everything. So I don't want to win that championship and your excuse is I wasn't ready. I want you at your best. I want you at 100% when I beat you for that championship. And Hangman is cool with that, but that doesn't mean he can't beat his ass in this ring tonight. And Danielson and Hangman Page get in a scrap a bit that is broken up by the Dark Order, but Hangman does charge after Danielson, which leads to Danielson versus Eva Uno after the commercial break. And I loved everything about this opening segment. Brian Danielson is one of the best all-around professional wrestlers of all time. He's been on my GOAT list for years. And last night was a clear indication of why. Because he comes into AEW as a hero, as a guy that smiles, a guy that's happy to be there, a guy that is a lovable babyface that will absolutely beat your ass because he's Brian fucking Danielson. He'll kick your head in. And then we get last night in Virginia, cowboy shit country, and he is hated by this crowd as he invokes the word WrestleMania. 
and they hate him for it because I'm a champion that won at the biggest show of the year and I work the next night and here you are having a celebration, gloating over your accomplishments. I'm a guy that lets my actions speak louder than words and that's the perfect dynamic between the two in order for this feud to make sense. And for Brian to lean hill in this role is smart because he's so great as a heel. He's great as a babyface. He can vacillate between the two like no other in my eyes because he understands the assignment. His goal is to be the antagonist, to be the guy that is better than Hangman Page from his worldview. And he shies Virginia for shunning hard work <laughs> because he's a fighting champion and Hangman Page isn't. And it's a great way to build tension and heat for this eventual AEW World Championship match between Paige and Danielson between now and the beginning of next year. This was a flawless way to kick off the show, which continued with Danielson versus Eva Uno. And what a match this was. It was not one of those back and forth epic battles that Danielson has had on Dynamite and Rampage as of late, but he still delivered a heelish Stiff performance by slapping the shit out of Eva Uno at various points, delivering some vicious chops and forearms and strikes. Eva Uno fired up at one point as well, delivering slaps and stiff forearm strikes to Danielson, followed by Ahura Karana for good measure. At one point, Brian gets back in control of things with some nasty palm strikes to the face of Eva Uno and those chops and running drop kicks. And the third one is caught with a big boot courtesy of Eva Uno before he goes up top to hit a seton, which is blocked by Danielson via those knees to Uno's back and from there Danielson delivers that running knee and he tells the camera in full view I'm gonna kick his fucking head in and sure enough he stumps a mud hole to the side of the head of Eva Uno before locking in the triangle to put Uno who was already asleep more asleep for the submission win and he would not let go of the hold until Aubrey Edwards said oh no this has gone too far let go and Danielson does let go and the fans boo him out of the building and I love it and so does he as Tony Schiavone gets in the ring to say, you know what? The fans are not really warm to you tonight after what happened between you and Uno and Paige to kick off the show. And Danielson says, you know what? All I wanted to do was come out here and congratulate Hangman Page on his victory. But his attitude towards me and his behavior led me to kicking Eva Uno's head in. And because of that, I have a new mission. Until I face Hangman Page for the AEW World Championship, I am going to beat every single member of the Dark Order. And I will continue next week as Dynamite emanates from Chicago and someone from the Dark Order happens to be from Chicago. So Cabana, what do you say? Shall I kick your head in next week? And Danielson was fantastic here. He was perfection on the mic and in the ring, being a dick for days. And he is so great at this professional wrestling thing. In one segment and one night, he made his match against Hangman Page must see for the AEW World Championship. And now every match until the end of the year featuring Danielson versus members of the Dark Order is going to be must see as well. And I cannot wait to see matches against Drew Grayson. And my ultimate match I will hold very close to my heart is Brian Danielson versus John Silver at a day to be determined because I've compared John Silver to Danielson before on this show several times over the past year or so. They share the same babyface fire. They're both fantastic professional wrestlers. And I know if you give them 20 minutes, they're going to absolutely positively put on a show. And I cannot wait to see both guys 
put in that work and beat the absolute hell out of each other. So that is worth the price of a mission alone to see those two guys go at it at a high level. And he's going to get booed next week in Chicago for sure against Coca-Bana. Then Dynamite rolls around to Duluth, Georgia for the very first time outside of the Atlanta city limits. And I don't know how he's going to be received. A mixed reaction could be expected. It could be that match against Stu Grayson or John Silver, which I can't wait to see. Every city after Chicago is going to be a bit different in terms of crowd reaction. And you don't have that hometown tilt leaning heavily heel for Danielson. But he'll find a way because that's what professionals do at the end of the day. They will find a way to be hated. And then when the occasion calls for it, they will find a way to be loved once again, once Brian humbles himself and embraces cowboy shit when Hangman beats him to retain the AEW World Championship between now and early 2022. Next up is a wonderful moment in AEW history as brand new, never open weight champion, new Japan legend, first ballot hall of famer, Tamahiro Shihi debuts stateside for Dynamite. He teams against Orange Cassidy against the Butcher and the Blade. And Norfolk, Virginia showed a she some love and rightfully so because this man is awesome in every sense of the word. And last night was no exception as he humbled the Blade quickly after the Blade delivered forearm shot after forearm shot and one shot courtesy of she put Blade down until he tagged in Orange Cassidy and Cassidy had his hands in his pockets and he delivered those very light shin kicks to the blade. But eventually Orange fires up. It is a float over on the blade's back before dropping him with a drop kick and a kip up for good measure. But the butcher completely blindsides Orange from behind as he's beat down throughout the commercial break, getting booted courtesy of the bunny and Matt Hardy. And from there, he is double teamed by the butcher and the blade until she gets the hot tag. And he faces off against the butcher and for Ashii, this is a real battle for him versus the Blade, who was nothing to him early on. And the Butcher and Ashii are trading chops and forearm strikes. It's great. The fans love it. And then Ashii is fired up by various chops courtesy of the Butcher. And it's Ashii's eyes for me realizing this shit ain't working on me. You can give up now. And Ashii lights his ass up with chops of his own before delivering a beautiful middle rope superplex to the butcher for a near fall. He gets the hot tag to Orange once again. And Orange goes for a flying crossbody, but he's caught by the butcher and the blade. And they throw him into Ashii. But Orange makes a one-man comeback with the stun dog millionaire to the butcher, followed by a DDT to the blade for a near fall. And Orange is dominated once again with that combo neck break into a power bomb for a near fall that's broken up by a she. And he drags Orange in his corner to get the tag once again. And he goes after the blade, whoops his ass. And then we have shenanigans for Matt Hardy and the bunny as the bunny sneaks in those brass knucks to the blade. But Rocky Romero's at ringside. He catches the blade. He pulls him out the ring and Hardy attacks Rocky Romero. Orange Cassidy flies off the top rope and lays out the entire Hardy family office at ringside, which allows the she to hit that lariat on the blade, followed by that vertical brain buster for the win for his team. What a moment. I loved how Orange sold being dog tired, leaning down, but she helps him up to his feet as he celebrated in the ring. What a moment. I love this match. The fans love the Sheehy, and rightfully so. A legend was in their presence last night, and I hope that she's here for a bit. I personally want matches against Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson in the weeks to come. I'm just saying because those matches 
would be fucking incredible on Dynamite or Rampage between now and the end of the year if she's going to stay here just for a little while longer because I want this to be very similar to Minoru Suzuki's excursion in the U.S. working Dynamite, Rampage, and Impact at various points between September and October of this year. And I want that for Sheehy just as much. A living legend in this business, still whooping ass, taking names in 2021 and beyond. Next up is the first quarterfinals match in the TBS Championship Tournament involving Akara Shida versus Nala Rose. And this match was really good. Every time I see Shida and Nala Rose against each other, it's always good. And last night was no exception as Sheeta was on a mission to win this match as quickly as possible until Nala Rose slowed her down by going after that injured left knee that has been banged up courtesy of Serena Deeb over the last month or so on Dynamite as they fought over the right to be the first ever TBS champion. We had the double element of Sheeta going after a 50th win in AEW and she could not beat Deep the first time because Deep cheated. And the second time Sheeta was able to beat Deep and Deep was still pissed off. She went after the left knee of Sheeta time and time again via a steel chair attack, which poured gasoline on the hottest feud in the AEW women's division today. And one would think if Sheeta wins the entire tournament and becomes the inaugural TBS champion, she would go after Serena Deeb in her first title defense. One can only dream as Nala Rose continued her attack on Sheeta's knee as Vicky Guerrero screeched at ringside. And at one point she choked out Sheeta with her own kendo stick, which had to suck for Sheeta. But Sheeta makes a great comeback as she sends Nala Rose against the barricade. She grabs a steel chair. She's not going to use it as a weapon. She's going to launch off and hit that knee strike on Nyla Rose. But Nyla Rose is able to lay out Sheeta from behind to stop her mid-motion. And Nyla Rose puts Sheeta in the steel chair. And she's going to deliver a flying seton on Sheeta on the chair. But Sheeta rolls out the way and Nyla goes splat on the chair in a sick bump. So Vicky grabs Sheeta's kendo stick again, but Sheeta blocks the shot and Vicky runs and she trips and falls. It's a great visual as Sheeta beats Vicky's ass with that kendo stick as we go picture in picture. We come back and immediately that damn Serena Deeb clips the bad knee of Sheeta. Sheeta goes down. Nala Rose takes advantage as she goes up top and delivers that middle rope knee drop to the back of Sheeta's neck for a near fall. She goes for the beast bomb, but Sheeta is able to counter with an arm breaker and she holds on for dear life until Nyla Rose power bombs her in the middle of the ring, followed by a seton on the bad knee of Sheeta. She goes up top for another senton from the top rope, but Sheeta rolls out of the way. She tries to win the match via the katana, but Nyla Rose grabs that bad knee and she pulls Sheeta up for a stretch muffler and the pain is too much for Sheeta to take, and she submits. It's a surprising finish. It makes sense, though, as this continues Sheeta's feud with Serena Deeb. And at this point, I would love to see another match between Sheeta and Deeb. Preferably lights out, most definitely in the main event of a Dynamite very soon, as they will absolutely tear each other apart and deliver an instant classic between the ropes. And the irony is... For a year, Sheeta was a fighting champion. She worked her ass off, but she never had that one feud that stood out as, damn, this is awesome. And after all of this fucking time, she has that with Deeb. And this would be the perfect time for them to fight over a championship, but they don't have one, which sucks. But they are 
absolutely going to deliver Sands Championship whenever their third match takes place to wrap up this trilogy. And quite frankly, I would not be opposed to a best of seven series either because these ladies at all times, no matter what, don't miss in the ring against each other if the first two matches are any indication. Next up is MGF declaring himself the past, present, and future of professional wrestling. In 2024, he is going to be a part of the biggest bidding war this industry's ever seen. But until then, he is rightfully owed a shot at the AEW World Championship. He proved that he is more than a talker as he delivered an instant classic against Darby Allin at full gear that kicked off the show last weekend. His record speaks for itself and therefore nobody in the back can touch him in the ring. And then we hear cult of personality. CM Punk comes out. He stands face-to-face with MGF. MGF says, I'm Maxwell. And CM Punk looks at MGF's hand, snubs the handshake, and walks away. And MGF is stunned at this snub courtesy of CM Punk. And I love it because holy shit, these two dudes going back and forth on the mic is going to be something special. And MJF thinks he's great. And sure enough, he is. And he's toned down the lowest common denominator heel heat shtick of his act, which is good. But he's going to learn going toe to toe with CM Punk on a live mic. He's got to up his game to a different level because Punk don't play, period. He's going to bring the best out of you. If you think you're great, you're going to be greater in his presence. And I expect fireworks whenever they get down the business in the ring and on the mic very, very soon. Next up is a very fun match between the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster versus Leo Rush and Dante Martin. And Max Caster had a lame rap about how Dante Martin has more partners than Pete Davidson and how Leo Rush and Dante Martin are versions in Virginia. And Leo's like, I got three kids. <laughs> I'm not a virgin. And if so, what's wrong with that? And after Max Caster's rap, Anthony Bowen says we are the acclaimed or so he thought as Leo Rush and Dante Martin laid them out with stereo topes through the ropes and onto the floor. And Dante Martin, I marvel at his quickness, at his agility, at his high flight in terms of his aerial acrobatics. And last night was no exception as this dude was phenomenal. So was Leo Rush, Cat Quick going up against Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. But unfortunately for Dante, it slowed down a bit by the heels as we go picture in picture. We come back from the commercial break. And for the past two weeks, we've come back to a Dante Martin match at the right time. Last week, he's delivering a crazy sunset flip that is delayed in midair to Matt Seidel. This week, we come back from commercial break. And this dude, he steps over the backs of Anthony Bowens and Max Caster as if they're fucking stepping stones, just gliding in the air to make the hot tag to Leo Rush. My face was frozen in awe for 30 seconds. I cannot believe what I just saw. This dude is incredible and I cannot get enough. So Leo Rush gets the hot tag and he's running wild on both members of the acclaimed kicks and axe kicks to Anthony Bowens. At one point, he's double teamed and... Dante goes for that crazy moonsault. He misses this time around, but he gets right back up and delivers a top rope missile drop kick with height to Anthony Bowens after Bowens laid out Leo Rush with a series of strikes and kicks moments earlier. The acclaim take out Dante for a bit and they deliver 
the mic drop and the acclaim to fame only a rush for a near fall is broken up by Dante Martin and he takes out Max Caster and he lays out Bowens with that double springboard moonsault. Leo Rush gets a high tag. His frog splash gets the win for his team. What a fun tag team match between the acclaimed and Leo Rush and Dante Martin, who are quickly becoming one of my favorite tag teams in all of professional wrestling. They are great in every sense of the word, and they're magical together. And I know the shoe's going to drop eventually with Leo turning heel, but let's treasure this tag team while they're together because they're special. And that leaves the team task coming out as they continue to recruit Dante Martin. And no disrespect to Leo Rush, maybe he's better off as a manager because, you know, they don't want Dante surrounded by mediocrity. They don't want his career to be slowed down by a guy that didn't quite make it in the big leagues. And they want him to sign with Team Taz and work for Powerhouse Hobbs, who's joined the crew a year ago tomorrow. And it's a great day for him. But Dante still has a lot to mull over regarding this offer. And I know he's going to say no. And that's going to lead to Ricky Starks versus Dante Martin and or Leo Rush. And that's going to be great. Tag team match between Powerhouse Hobbs and Starks against Rush and Martin is not out of the question either. It's great. And it's going to lead to Darius Martin coming back to fight for his brother as Leo Rush continues to stir the pot despite his good intentions on the surface. And now it is time for our main event featuring reigning defending TNT champion Sammy Guevara versus the debuting Jay Lethal from Ring of Honor who signed with AEW this past weekend at Full Gear. And what a main event match this was. These dudes from night one have amazing chemistry together. They traded near falls, cradles, crucifix pins. Sammy wanted to be done with a quick go to hell for the one, two, three to no avail. They're fighting back and forth. We have a jumping knee courtesy of Sammy Guevara, which lays out lethal before going for that crazy Fosbury flop on the outside. And he goes for the shooting star press on lethal and the height and elevation Sammy got was great, but he landed right on the knees of lethal who went after those injured ribs of Sammy Guevara who took a beating this past Saturday in that Minneapolis street fight against American top team. He took some hellacious bumps during that match, took flight several times, but he survived, but his ribs are taped up and we go picture in picture and lethal's working over the midsection of Sammy Guevara. At one point, the doctors and the referees check on Sammy to see if he can continue. And Sammy's good. He gets back in the ring and he tells Jay Lethal to bring it. Bring your best to me. Flips him off. And these guys have a hockey fight, throwing punches. The fans love it. At one point, Jay goes for Lethal injection. But Sammy counters with a standing Spanish fly for a near fall. Sammy is thrown out of the ring, courtesy of Jay Lethal. And he takes a bat spell on the floor. Jay goes for a tope suicida. But is caught by Sammy, who drops him with a brain buster on the floor and a great spot. He follows things up with a sick bicycle knee that sends Jay Lethal on this table at ringside. And Sammy's crazy, bad ribs and all, goes up top, goes for a flying seton. But Jay Lethal moves out of the way and Sammy goes crashing through the table what a crazy bump. So Jay Lethal's back in control, gets Sammy back at the ring. He goes up top for a top rope elbow drop, but Sammy is able to reverse the elbow drop into a cradle for a near fall. This dude is avoiding lariats, German suplexes. Sammy is a counter fucking specialist, ducking and dodging until Jay drops him with that inverted inside out suplex for a near fall locks in the figure four leg lock a short time later. Sammy grabs the ropes after Letha was able to get him in the middle of the ring at one point for the win. 
but Sammy Guevara goes for the GTH to go to hell. The ribs are killing him. He cannot lift this dude up. And Jay Lethal is fighting back, but not one, not two, but three jumping knee strikes before finally lifting up Jay Lethal to hit the go to hell for the win. What a vicious knee strike to finish off Jay Lethal by Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara is probably in my top five favorite dudes in AEW in terms of pure in-ring prowess. This dude has hops for days. He's a great wrestler. He gets the crowd on their feet every single time. He's a special performer. And Jay Lethal more than held his own as well. This was a great main event. A guy that just signed with AEW a few days ago was in the main event spot against Sammy Guevara, who's been established for a while now, and they deliver the goods in Virginia. And this crowd ate it up. Their chemistry was on point. You can't deny it. And Sammy is truly special between those ropes. And the more times he shows it, he's more than a TNT champion. He could be an AEW world champion one day based on his work rate alone. And we wrap the show with Chris Jericho, Santana Ortiz, and Jake Hager celebrating with Sammy in the ring and giving the nod to Jay Lethal as well. No ambushes, no sneak attacks, no nothing. A very happy babyface ending to wrap up a very good episode of Dynamite per the usual for AEW. What a fun post full gear show probably my favorite post full gear show to date as there's a lot of seed planning going on regarding Danielson versus Paige for the AEW World Championship between now and early next year we got some elite drama going on between Adam Cole and Kenny Omega which will unfold early next year as well once Kenny is healed up we also have MGF versus CM Punk on tap at a date to be determined so so many things are cooking in the pot for AEW post full gear getting ready for the start of next year the first of four specials on TNT Revolution is creeping up on us between now and February or March of early next year not only that we got the move the TBS for Dynamite plus Beach Break might be back in time for February to kick off some things of a spring-like nature in the middle of the winter in Florida. You never know. So all of these things are simmering, and I cannot wait to see how all of this plays out in the months to come. But before we look to the future, let's focus on the present day as we have Rampage going down tomorrow night on TNT featuring the following matches. Darby Allen versus Billy Gunn. Yes, that's incredibly random, but a real match going down tomorrow night on TNT. We have another quarterfinals match in the TBS Championship Tournament involving Jay Cargill and Red Velvet and the main event will be Adam Cole and Bobby Fish versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy which should be a lot of fun as well and on that note this wraps up episode number 39 of the Dynamite Effect recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TNT I hope you enjoyed it as always you can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestleTopia they can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows they're dropping this in my daily recapping Monday Night Raw NXT 2.0 AEW Dynamite Friday Night Smackdown on Fox and AEW Rampage on TNT. Feel free to download past episodes on all of your favorite podcast directories dating back to season one as you get ready for Survivor Series going down this Sunday from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. You know what to do. Search Wrestleptopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 14 of the SmackDown Windown slash AW Rampage Late Night Rager. Until then, enjoy your Thursday and your Friday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later boys and girls. Take care.